Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see each of you guys here this morning. And if you're our guest, if this is your first time at NCC, or if you're watching online for the first time and you're joining us um, online, thank you so much for being with us. And we're excited that you're here. We're in this series called Good News, and we're looking at how God is challenging us to grow. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. And we're a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And before we jump into the message today, I just want to remind you guys, this is Memorial Day um, weekend. And so tomorrow we're celebrating Memorial Day. And just want to challenge you as a church, this is a day where it's not just another holiday or where many of you guys get a day off work or where we go grill out or go to the lake, but we remember those that have given their lives. And I know that in this church, we have many people here that have family members or friends that have sacrificed and paid the ultimate price with their life in service for our freedom. And the fact that we can celebrate, the fact that we can even come in a church service like this and and worship God is because someone else has sacrificed and they've done that, they've given with their life. And so this week, I wanna challenge you just to pause, whether that's today or tomorrow, to reflect and to honor and to pray for those that have given their life and those family members that um, have sacrificed someone that they love so that we can have freedom. Can we do that together, church? Amen? Okay. Well, we are in this series, as I mentioned, called Good News, and we're looking at how the Word of God, Jesus coming here on this earth, that it's good news to all of us, that Jesus coming, it brings good news, and and this week, once again, we're constantly bombarded with bad news. We're bombarded by what's going on in the world, and individuals who lost their life this week in Manchester through terrorist attacks and rumors of war, political unrest, all of these things are constantly in front of us. And it was like that during the time of Jesus, through the Roman Empire, through heavy taxation, and all of this that's going on. And yet when Jesus arrives on the scene, the angels announce, hey, this is good news to everyone. Everyone who hears this, they're going to be able to rejoice. And so we're looking week after week of how the words of Jesus bring good news to us, even thousands of years later, that this is still good news to us. And so we're going to look at one more way that the words of Christ and what he says brings good news to us. And we're going to start by doing something together this morning. And so I'm going to ask you to participate in this with me. I want you to do this. I want you to take a deep breath and hold it, okay? Really deep breath, hold it. Then once you've held it for a second, just slowly breathe out, just as slow as you can, okay? And then do that again, really deep breath. Don't hyperventilate or pass out, but then just slowly release that, okay? And hopefully, I don't know what your week's been like, but when you do that, if you do that a couple of times, okay, it actually helps you to relax, right? If you have a smartwatch, a lot of smartwatches now, they'll pop up during the day and they'll just say breathe, right? Which seems funny because we breathe all of the time, but you may not know this, but we actually breathe incorrectly. And most of the time, as I was reading about this this week, most of the time as individuals, we don't breathe right because we're so full of stress, we're busy, our minds are preoccupied, and we're moving from thing to thing just going, going, going. And so we don't ever stop and just kind of pause 
and rest and relax. But you, I don't know if you know this, God's word challenges us to do that. There's actually scriptures that talk about this pattern that we should have in our life. And this morning, I want us to look at this idea, this this rhythm of rest that God's word challenges us with, and the word that the Bible uses is Sabbath. Okay, that's what it means when it talks about this, that there's this rhythm of rest in our life. There's relaxation that should happen in our life. We're actually challenged by God's word to take a Sabbath. A Sabbath is a 24-hour period of time, okay, a 24-hour period of time where we stop working, paid or unpaid work, okay, it doesn't matter if you get paid for it, but we stop working, we enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate God. Okay, that's what Sabbath is. We stop working, we enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate God. You know, this isn't something that Christians practice a lot anymore. And as I've talked with people, they've said, hey, I've been in church in a long time, and I can't remember the last time I heard someone preach about Sabbath, that we're supposed to do this. And many of us, we think, well, this is this ancient practice. This is something that happened a long time ago, but we don't really do this anymore, right? Like we've kind of advanced beyond that. But what is this idea that God gives us? And why don't we do this? I think many times it scares us to stop, you guys. The idea that we would stop working, that we would stop producing, it scares us. I heard one one person, when he was commenting, he said it like this. He said, if we stop, we're afraid that we'll die. We're terrified of what it means to face ourselves. The fact that we're not working or we're not producing, what is just really inside of us, solitude and Sabbath and silent reflection, it's a foreign idea to us. There's something so much deeper that's driving us, and we're afraid to really discover what it is. And so as Christians, we don't practice this, and we don't talk about it a lot. We just keep going and going, producing, producing, and we never stop and reflect. But this is something that God's word challenges us with. It's a gift from God. And so I want us to look at this this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 2. And we're going to start reading at verse 23. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, that's okay. There's a Bible in the seat in front of you. And it may be one or two seats over. And you can turn to page 489 in that Bible and follow along with us. I want to encourage you to do that or take out your smartphone and just Google Mark 2.23 and follow along with us. And during the time that Mark is writing, Jesus is ministering. He's out teaching about the kingdom of God. There was this group of individuals called the Pharisees. And they're these religious people who felt like God's gift, or they were God's gift to the Jewish people to point out everything they were doing wrong. So the Pharisees, they always, they know the law. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. And they're always pointing out how other people are missing it. And Jesus is going to confront them with this idea of what it means to truly have a, have a Sabbath. And this is what it says in Mark chapter 2, verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. Now, I need you to look up for a second and just picture what's going on here, okay? They're walking through a grain field. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a wheat field, okay? They're kind of walking through. They're a little hungry. And so they reach up and there's these stalks of grain. They just kind of knock the top kernels off. It drops in their hand and then they eat it, okay? So they're walking through, just kind of rub the top kernels of grain off of the wheat. It falls into their hand and they eat it. And then this is what happened. The Pharisees were saying to them, look, what are you doing? This is not lawful on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did? When he was in need and he was hungry and those who were with him, how they entered into the house of God 
in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and they ate the bread of presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he also gave it to those who were with him. And then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I want you to get that. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So Jesus is talking to this group of Pharisees that really have missed the point of what he's talking about, of this rhythm of rest inside of our life. And they think it's all about the rules. And so many times, once again, when I talk to Christians, when I talk to people, that's what we think. Well, this is an Old Testament law. Like, we don't really do this anymore. It kind of turned into legalism. And so we don't really kind of follow this. But Jesus is trying to remind them, hey, this isn't about rules. This is a gift to you. And he's trying to get them to see this all the way back at the beginning when this started. God did not create a day of the week and then say, wait, this day is holy. This day, man, it's kind of different from everything else. And so I better create man and woman to honor this day. That's not what he did. He created man and woman. And then he said, wait, I have a gift for you. Giving you a gift, this this day of the week to, to rest, to relax, to rejuvenate. That's what God is saying. And Jesus is trying to help the Pharisees understand this. This isn't about a list of rules. This isn't a legal matter. This isn't legalism. This is a gift that I've given you. Sabbath was made for man and it was made for woman to enjoy, to enjoy God's presence. And we're going to look at this, what it is that he's talking about, what it is that he's saying. And he's challenging them. Don't miss the point of this gift that God has given you. And so if Jesus says this is a gift, well, then we need to know what is this gift that he's trying to give to us? What does it mean for us thousands of years later? And how do we practice this gift of Sabbath that he's talking about? Because it's not just a list of rules, okay? It's not just things that you don't do. And that's what the Pharisees had made it about. Don't pick some grain from the top of wheat stalks. Don't walk so far during the day. Like if you do those things, you're dishonoring God. And Jesus is saying, wait, you need to know what this is really about, what why God created this day, what this gift looks like. So the first thing that we do whenever we practice Sabbath is we stop working. Okay, we stop working. Whenever we practice this gift that God has given us, we stop working. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, you can write this down and look at it later. Genesis 2, 1, it says this, Thus God created the heavens and the earth in the first six days, and when they were finished, and all the hosts of them, on the seventh day God finished his work and what he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work and all that he had created. So what is it that God does at the very beginning of time? God stops working. For six days, he's making everything. He's creating everything. And then on the seventh day, he stops working. He doesn't do work on that day. And it's not because God's tired, okay? It's not because he's like, man, I've done a lot these past six days. Look at everything that I've created. And so I'm just worn out. I can't do anything else. No, he gives us this example and he stops working so that mankind all throughout history, all throughout time would understand there's this principle. There's this rhythm of rest inside of our life where we need to stop working, where we stop producing. Now that's paid and unpaid work because some of you may say, hey, I'm a stay-at-home mom, like I don't get paid for what I do, but what you do is work, right? Students, you've been working for the past nine or 10 months in school. You've been doing homework and you've been studying and God says, you know what? You're to pause from that from time to time. Aren't you happy about that, okay? You don't have to do homework 24-7. For those of you that have a job and you do get paid for that, there's moments of pause that God says, wait, there should be a rhythm of rest in your week where you stop working, where you don't produce. 
And where you stop paying bills, you stop doing the laundry. Because some of us, like we work 60 or 70 hours a week and then we go home and we just work more. We call it a day off, but it's really not. We're just working more and more. And God says, no, there should be this rhythm of rest. I've given you a Sabbath. And so you stop working. And why is this a gift? Why is this good news to us whenever we do that? Because whenever we stop working, we remember some things. And we remember that we are not God. You're not God. And the world doesn't depend on you. And sometimes we work like we think it does. But I'm here to tell you guys that the earth was spinning and rotating and stuff was happening before you were born. Okay? The U.S. economy was functioning before I ever entered the workforce, before you ever did, okay? Everything was going. And can I be honest? It's probably still going to be going after we die. It doesn't depend on us. And whenever I stop working, I start to remember, wait, I'm not God. And I'm not in control of everything, but he is. And so we stop working to remember, hey, this is a gift. We don't have to produce. And what we do, it's not just dependent upon us. See, in so many of us, we wear our work like a badge, don't we? And we try to one-up each other. Well, I worked 45 hours. Well, I worked 50. Well, I worked 60. Well, I worked... And we try to one-up each other like I can, I can do better than you and I work more than you. We talk to each other. And what's the go-to phrase? Well, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy doing things. And we wear that like a badge, like it's something to celebrate. Look how hard I work. And when we stop working, we remember... And we reflect on, you know what? Your life is more than your title at your job. Your life, what God has given you, is more than the position that you hold. It's more than what you do for a living. You stop working and you start to realize, wait, it's not all about what I get paid to do or what I don't get paid to do. It's not all about producing. God has given me life to enjoy. See, there's this rhythm of rest in our life that God has given us. And then he says, hey, this is a gift to you. This is something that I've given. And you read God's word all throughout scripture. He talks about this. And although he started in the very beginning in Exodus and Leviticus, he had to remind his people over and over, you're not getting it. Because for 400 years, they had been slaves. They had just come out of slavery in Egypt for the past 400 years. And as a slave, your value and your worth is what you produce. How many bricks can you make? How many houses can you build? What can you build for Pharaoh? What can you do? How many fields can you harvest? Everything that you do is what can I produce? What can I produce? And if you don't produce in a slave culture, you're simply, you're kind of a draining force on your community. You don't contribute to society. You just pull from it. And so for 400 years, generation after generation, they were told, it's just what you produce. Your identity is what you produce. Your identity is what you produce. And God comes along and he says, no. As my people, you stop working because you don't belong to the systems of this world. You don't belong to Pharaoh. You're not a slave to that anymore. And as Christians, when we stop working, we remember, hey, we belong to God. It's not just about what the world says. It's not success by their definition, success by what they say. No, we are sons and daughters of God. That's where our identity is, not in what we do, but in who we are, that he has called us his own. So Sabbath is a gift. Practicing is this gift where we stop working and we remember, God, you're in control. You're making everything turn. The second thing that we do when we practice Sabbath is we enjoy rest. Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 says this, So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. 
So God, once again, he sets this example. He's not tired. It's not like he's saying, man, I can't do more work. No, but he says, you know what? I'm going to rest. I'm going to give this example that we as human beings, we need rest in our life. And so God, on that seventh day, he rests. In this, as we enjoy rest, we do things that replenish us because we can't continually go and go. We're just not made to do that. I was remembering this week uh, when I was a youth pastor and we were taking a missions trip to Miami. And at this point, we lived in central Illinois, and it was about a 22-hour drive down to Miami. And so we drove down there, and we split up the trip. I was driving a church van, um, and then Sarah was driving a minivan with her and one of the moms. And so we drove away, so I had to drive the whole thing, but we split it up halfway. And then we served these kids in the inner city. We put on like a summer camp for them. And, and then the last day, we went to a water park in Miami, and then we didn't have the money to stop at a hotel, so I thought, I'll drive 22 hours back straight. And the other van, they can kind of switch back and forth with the adults, but I can do this. And so we take off. Adam, this kid in our youth group, he sits down next to me and he says, Aaron, I'm your wingman. I've got this with you. Not kidding you, 30 minutes into the trip, the kid is snoring. And I'm like, what happened? And so we're driving and all of a sudden, this long week of serving on a mission trip, being out in the hot sun at this water park on this last day, and then hours and hours into this trip, I'm feeling it, Okay. I don't know if you've ever done this, and I'm doing things to try to make myself stay awake. I start to rock back and forth, okay? I do Dumb and Dumber. I'm running real fast in the van. I'm just trying to get my blood going, you guys. And about hour 17 or 18, I'm just doing anything. I just start yelling, ah, just really loud. The kids are waking up, freaking out. But I'm like, I got to do something to keep myself awake. I'm blaring music because my body was telling me, you can't do this. You can't keep going. You've given too much because our body eventually needs rest. And I know when we're younger, we pull all-nighters and we do that, you know, when we're in college. But, but our body wasn't meant to do that. We're actually meant to have rhythms of rest inside of our life. And it's not just sleep. It's not just when you lay down at night. It's points throughout your week. It's what God is saying when you practice Sabbath. And we live in a culture that does not understand this. And we have to create new medical definitions because we've lived without enjoying rest in our life. And we have things like adrenal fatigue, that fight or flight syndrome where people, we live in that the whole time. It's not a moment in our life. It's a lifestyle where there's stress and we're creating drama because we just need the adrenaline to keep going. And we don't want to stop because we're constantly moving, moving from one activity to the next. And so adrenaline is pumping through our body and we don't know how to function without it until the point where our hormones in our body can't produce it anymore. And fatigue, and heart disease, and blood pressure issues, and all of these things start to happen, and we're wondering what's going on in our body. It's because we've lived outside of God's plan when he said, hey, I've given you seasons of rest. You need to take them. You need to take them in your life. You need to have moments where you're not just producing, not just giving out, but where you actually pause and you let things refuel you and recharge your batteries. And that's what enjoying rest means. For some of you, it means this week, it means going out in nature and taking a hike in the woods and just enjoying what God has done. For others of you, it may be being in downtown Dallas or going through a museum. It's things that refuel you and energize you. It's those moments where you pause and where you're not producing, where you're not doing something, but you're enjoying the life that God has given you. And you're recharging because of the week that you have ahead of you. 
In Exodus chapter 23, God gives this principle for the earth. And he says, hey, for six years, you're going to plant. You're going to harvest. For six years, you're going to work the ground. You're going to get crops, corn, wheat, all of these things. But on the seventh year, you're not to plant anything. Because the ground is to lay fallow. And why was that? Because you learn this in science class, right? All of those vegetables, everything, it sucks all of the nutrients and all of the minerals. And God says there needs to be a year where it's replenished, where the soil of the earth is replenished. And how much more our soul, you guys, where God says, hey, every seven days, I need you to stop working. I need you to stop producing. And on that day, I just need to refuel you. I need to recharge you. I need to replenish you because you've been giving out and you need that moment in your life where I pour back into you. This is what God's word is talking about. And as I've been trying to practice this, I tried to start every 24-hour block of Sabbath whenever I'm doing that, and I just stop, and I just tell God that. God, this week I've given out emotionally. I've given out spiritually, God. I'm worn out physically. God, I've tried to serve my wife. I've tried to serve my family, my kids, my friends. I've, I've tried to serve the church. God, I've tried to work hard at this week. But God, I have nothing more to give in this moment. And so for the next 24 hours, can you pour back into me? Can you take the brokenness of my life and bring healing? Can you take the exhaustion, God? And can your spirit just fill me up again so that I'm ready to start a new week? God, I need you in this moment. See, God has asked us to enjoy rest, to take that time to recharge and refuel. The next thing that we do when we practice Sabbath is we practice delight. Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 says this, God said it was good. So he creates the heavens and he says it was good. He creates the vegetation on the land. He says it was good. He creates the animals. He says it was good. He creates man and woman. He says they are good. That's what God does. He stops and he celebrates after he has worked. And this is something we're missing out so much on is this idea of practicing delight. That we work so much, we don't enjoy the life that God has given us. So we're working, we're working to try to get more things and, and to try to enjoy life, but we're so busy doing it, we're missing out on the life that God has given us. And God gives us this pattern in the very first chapter of Genesis of where he works and then he stops and he celebrates, look what I've done. And so you're cooking dinner and it's okay to stop and say, man, this is delicious, okay? Or you've taken care of the lawn or you've done something at your job and just to stop for a second and to celebrate, hey, I just completed that. It, it is good to delight in the life that God has given us. This is the kind of God that we serve. And maybe you grew up thinking, no, God is judgmental. Okay, God is just, he's about this list of rules and regulations. And yet in this idea of Sabbath, we see, no, he's a God of delight. And we see it all around us. Like he's given us these things. One of the books that I was reading on Sabbath said this. It said, whenever we enter Sabbath, Sabbath we feast on the miracle of life with all of our senses. We feast on the miracle of life with all of our senses. That Sabbath means to enjoy everything that God has given us. That's what God wants for us, you guys. That's why roses smell so good. That's why food tastes so good. That's why God gave you taste buds. He wants you to enjoy life. That's why God has done things that we realize as kids, maybe we miss it as adults, the wonder in the world around us. Just hold a piece of broccoli in your hand. And I imagine God saying, look, Jesus, I made a small tree, right? Like there's just wonder in the world and, and we miss it so many times. Why make a giraffe? 
if we're not meant to enjoy it, right? This long neck thing that, that looks so crazy, but it's so beautiful and majestic. God's done all of that for us to enjoy it, you guys. And so many times we're so busy, we miss the wonder in the world. We miss the delight. Our sexuality, that gift that God has given us, it's there for us to enjoy. This is a gift from God. And God's saying, I've meant for you to enjoy the world. And so we practice delight in the life around us. We laugh on Sabbath. And so many of us, we need to do this more. So let me tell you my favorite joke again, okay? I know I've told this before. But why do you never see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're so good at it, you guys. Okay, a few of you got that. A few of you didn't, okay? Um, we'll, We'll try again. What did they say about the Italian chef that died? He passed away. Okay, a few more of you guys got that. Maybe those are horrible jokes, okay? But you can probably come up with better ones. But when we're taking Sabbath, when we're practicing Sabbath, we actually pause and we enjoy the life that God has given us. We practice delight. We find those things that bring satisfaction and joy in our heart, and we practice them. And we say, God, this is good, this life that you've given us. God, you've meant for us to enjoy this. And the last thing is we contemplate God. If you have your Bible still open, you can turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It's on page 476 of the Bible there that's in that seat in front of you. You can turn there, page 476. We contemplate God. And this is what Jesus is talking about when he's giving this idea of rest. And he says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he talking about? He's looking at the Pharisees and he's saying, you missed it. You thought it was about this list of rules. You thought God was concerned if you walked 1.5 miles or 1.6. You thought God was concerned if you took a few grains off, off of a kernel of wheat. That's what you thought this was really about. But I'm telling you, this is a gift. And he's inviting them, come to me. If you're weary, if you've worked hard, if you're heavy laden, you've got burdens, come to me. And this idea of yoke, what he's talking about, it's not an egg. It's this old thing that used to kind of attach um, oxen together and they would pull a burden or they would plow a field. It's this wooden piece. But to the Jewish people, it meant teachings. And what he's saying is, my teachings are easy. My words, what I'm instructing you to do, it's It's light. It's not heavy. It's not about this list of rules that the Pharisees have made, but it's an easy teaching. And it's going to actually make your life better. So come to me. He's inviting us. Come to me if you're worn out. Come to me if you're tired, because I'm here to give you rest. And when we practice Sabbath, we contemplate God. And we remember, oh yeah, God, what you're asking of me, it's not difficult. Oh yeah, God, you're my provision. You're not asking me to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. God, that's not what you're asking. You actually ask me to stop sometimes to pause. Oh yeah, God, you're my provision. It's not Pharaoh. It's not the systems of this world. God, it's you. You're actually the one that provides, God, and every good gift comes from you. See, When I practice Sabbath, I stop and I reflect and I remember on the goodness of God and I remember who he is and I remember what he's done in my life, his grace and his salvation on Sabbath. I stop 
and I remember I'm broken and I'm sinful, but yet there's a God who loves me. There's a God who's pursued me. There's a God who's chasing after me. There's a God who invites me to come and rest, to enter in close to him, to be in relationship with him. See, this isn't some old ancient tradition that we forget about as Christians and that we ignore now. This is something that God is inviting all of us into. And he's saying, hey, you need this rhythm of rest in your life. You need to remember who I am. You need to remember how I've created you. You need to remember that you're more than your position or your title, but that I've given you this life to enjoy, that it's a gift for you. And I wanna challenge us that we would be a church that lives in this way. I truly believe that when we do this, life takes on more meaning. This is that abundant, the full life that God has called us to. It can actually have health benefits, as I've mentioned. It can change the way that we feel physically whenever we take those rhythms of rest in our life that God has called us to. And you may be here this morning and you may say, Aaron, you know, you're talking about connecting with God and being in a relationship with God, but I don't have that in my life. And if you're here and you've been trying to do it on your own, you've been trying to work this thing out by yourself, you've been trying to figure out life on your own and you're realizing I can't, it's okay, it's what all of us have discovered. This morning, Jesus is here and he's inviting you into that relationship. Those same words that he spoke thousands of years ago, he's speaking to you and to me, come, I'll give you rest. And this morning, we want to give you the opportunity as we dismiss our prayer team is gonna be up here. If you're saying, you know what, I don't have a relationship, but I want one, we wanna invite you to come before you head out those doors and to just have someone pray with you and say, hey, I wanna start that relationship this morning. I want to know God. And so I wanna ask our prayer team if they would come this morning right now, if you guys would come up front, those who are helping us pray. And once again, in a moment, whenever I dismiss before you head out, if you have a need in your life, it can be that relationship with God. It can be something else. Maybe you're struggling physically. Maybe it's something at your work. Maybe God is challenging you with something from this message. We want to take a moment and we want to pray with you before you're dismissed. But church, as we close, I want to ask all of us to pray together. And I'm going to lead, but just right where you're at, would you talk to God? And would you ask him how you practice Sabbath the way that he's meant you to practice and what it needs to look like in your life this week? how you enjoy, how you stop working, how you rest, how you contemplate him. Let's talk to God for a moment and ask him to make us this kind of church that does this. Lord, thank you for this gift, God, that you've given us in your word. I know we probably don't talk about it as much as we should. And God, so many times we don't practice this, but this is something you've given us. And God, I'm asking this morning, help us to be a church, God, that doesn't try to do it on our own. Lord, God, that doesn't neglect your word and end up, God, we end up damaging ourselves physically, God, and hurting ourselves, God, emotionally. Lord, help us to pause. Help us to find that rhythm of rest in our life, God, that we enjoy the life that you've given us, God, that we reflect on your goodness, God. Help us to be those kinds of people. And as we do that, as we follow your word, God, let us experience your abundant life, God, your full life that you've given us, God. We want to be that church. And we want to reflect your goodness to others. God, I pray this in your name. Amen.